Hello, welcome to Just a Girl Made of Steel. My name is Charisma, your host. On this podcast, I document tiptoe experiences of life. I believe that we can only heal by sharing our stories. And through sharing our stories, we come to the realization that we are not alone. And that if someone could go through the same experiences as you and come out as strong, so can you. Today I'm joined by a lovely lady all the way from South Africa. I admire this lady so much. She's been through a lot and yet she wakes up every day with a big smile. I'm joined by Dolly all the way from South Africa. She's actually a Namibian living in South Africa. Welcome to Just a Girl Made of Steel, Dolly. Thank you so much, Charisma. Welcome to me. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm so happy uh, that I have you on the show today. You know, you are one of the most strongest persons that I know. I don't know if I've ever shared that with you. <laughs> uh, you have told me that, but uh, let's see how strong <laughs> I was, really. <laughs> okay, then now you know. You haven't told me all about yourself but with the little conversations mm. we've had in the past i think you're made of steel what do you think <laughs> um i would say really i'm a woman of steel definitely i am a conqueror i'm a fighter i'm victorious um an overcomer so see i was right right i won't you know- go down without a fight i won't go down without coming back back again you know, I was yeah. right. You know, some people, <laughs> like some strong people, don't feel strong until someone outside tells them, I think you're strong, you know. So hearing you confirm, okay, what I thought about you, that, yeah, you're a fighter, you're strong, and you're a woman of steel, I, I applaud you for that. Thank you so much. So you, I know, I understand you're a Namibian living in South Africa. Like, yes, what, that's correct. All the way from Namibia, leaving your family. And then decided, okay, <laughs> I want to just relocate to South Africa. Um, it was more of academic. Um, I finished my studies. Like I did my honors in, in um, animal science and I couldn't get a job. Okay. And plus the government posted that no jobs, what, what, we are not employing Acre students. It's expensive. It's what, what, and all those and things. So Namibia. no job. Yes, that's in Namibia. So I decided okay. like, okay, while this government is sorting itself out, let me go improve myself and my standards of qualification. Maybe okay. when I come and start looking for a job, they will think that they, at least they will know that this is a better qualified person for a specific position. And okay. very rare do you find uh, the field of agriculture being further studied. It's a few Namibians who really do it. And we are very few a population of 2 million, out of those 2 million, how many agri people will you find? So there, we are very few. So I decided, let me be one of the females to just upgrade myself. So I came to South Africa. And I know your grandmother sold her cows to pay for your school fees, right? Yeah, my grandmother really sacrificed so much. She sacrificed everything she had for me. And uh, specifically when it comes to her animals, her pension fee, Especially wow. her pension fee, month in, month out, that 1000 something that she get from the government, she put it aside for me and just make sure that she need to push me to go far. She pushed me to go for, for further studies. While I'm trying to get maybe teaching post and help her, but she goes like, no, baby girl, you need to become better. You need to become bigger. I told you when to start grade one, but I never told you when to stop studying. So she pushed me further to come to where I am. It sounds like you had a very supportive grandmother. Can you tell me how growing up was like for you? Um, Growing up, I was fostered uh, very, very little. I can't even remember the random months. I was fostered like two to four months. I was fostered by that age because my mom couldn't take care of me. And um, she had a whole post-trauma, postpartum depression which she didn't know that she had, and she didn't want her baby. She unfortunately okay, wanted I, I, the baby I was to ask go you away. That because you told me that your mother mm. didn't want you, but you didn't yes. really tell the reason why uh, your mother didn't want you. Yes. Um, she had post uh, 
postpartum depression, I'm not sure if you know about it, but definitely after giving birth, she didn't want the baby. She was okay. extremely overwhelmed by the baby. And before I was born, she lost two kids. Two, she oh. had two miscarriages. So okay. me being born contributed to a lot of depression to her life. And the last time she was having a baby was maybe six or seven years before I was born. So How that's a lot of trauma. How old, was she, how old was she by then? I, I can't recall. I can't recall. So I really can't point, recall, I think. Find out uh, this information that your mother didn't want you. Um, since I was very little, I knew she didn't want me because number one, my mom was a bit very abusive and she even told me she does because from from small, she already told me she regret giving birth to me, she didn't want me, she didn't like me. I forced calling her mom. She would even beat me out of the word mom. Imagine what kind of a child get beaten for calling the word mom. So wow. I had to call her by her name. Till so today, I don't know how to call her by mom. Oh, so you were fostered by your grandmother, but yes. you lived in the same house with your mother. Yeah, um, I was fostered by my grandmother, and she gave me to her youngest sister. And I stayed was four or five and mm -hmm. I returned because of also other abuse that side and other stuff I don't know I was four but I remember there were a couple of things that were not going right and my biological grandmother decided like bring my baby back I will just have to take her back because I don't like how she looks and stuff so I came back coming back to the age of four or so when I returned to my biological grandmother that's when I came to meet my mom again since birth and that's where the oh. abuse started. That's when I knew this woman that is that I'm being told she's my mother. She doesn't like me. She's abusive. She's verbally abusive. She's emotionally abusive. How do you abusive. feel? Uh, she's physically when you found abusive. Out that that your mother, and she didn't want you. Um, you for it for the age where I was, I thought she was just joking. I didn't take it serious. I didn't understand why she wouldn't want me. But after so many hitting and beating and really bad traumas that I can recall, um, I, that's why I knew I need to stand out of her ways. Even if my a specific sibling does something wrong, I will get hit for it. If, okay, so you uh, have siblings. So, yeah, have I do have siblings on my mother's side. I have other siblings. It's just that um, I was the one child she didn't want. And your, and your mother loved your other siblings. Yes. And so much love, but she didn't just mm -hmm. like you. Yeah, no, so she just didn't like me. Or just the postpartum depression or there was something more to it? Um, my father told me that uh, what I went through is not the kind of things that she would ever have thought about my mother. Uh, he was really uh, surprised what abuse I went through. So to me, that's where I noticed that uh, even apart from that, I was just, apart from the post uh, uh uh, part of depression, yeah. she ended up just not wanting me at all. She never accepted me as her daughter. Wow. You know, um, I never uh, got a chance to ask all these questions <laughs> since the last time before. And I see you to be not just a strong uh, person, but you have a big heart. You have a big forgiving heart. I say this because when you told me uh, the story about your mother, Mm -hmm. you didn't sound bitter i've never heard you talk bitterly about him <laughs> and you I told to me to forgive her. Her. how I to, to forgive her and then I, they get so yeah. angry angry just learning that okay my parent gave me up for adoption and they don't want to have anything to do with your with your parent you uh, understand I think i because i longed for a mother's love of my own mother Seeing also going to a boarding school at the age of seven, I had to grow up fast. I had to become responsible fast. At the age of seven, I had to I started school, and starting school in the first grade, I was already put in a boarding school. So I'm already a whole adult who need to take care of myself. Oh, so grandma, grandma yeah. does not have a place in the city or town, and there she have to make sure I get school. So I had to be put in a boarding school. So from that age, watching other kids' parents coming to give them stuff or taking care of them in the boarding school, week in, week out, picking them up. I was wondering, like, where 
the heaven is my mother and father. Okay. So who first made the approach to reconcile? Was it you or your mother? I'm the one who kept on. And till today, she doesn't really click much. It's just that she respect me more than loving me. She just respect me. Like she would do things like really out of her way to just make sure I'm happy. But she doesn't come to a point of admitting that I'm her child. Even when you have to introduce someone and you are with her and you say that, no, this is my mother, all the reaction you get from her face is like, oh, I'm going to dig you down, you know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you and just... how does that make you feel? Uh, I don't care. I you don't... basically uh... don't care because I think because of the relationship I have with God, mm -hmm. I appreciate that she never aborted me. Because yeah. I have a purpose. She never aborted me as much as she doesn't like me. I always say that if you really didn't want me, I, you wouldn't even have given birth to me. Yes, yes. And do you click with your other siblings? Uh, a lot. They are my big sisters. They are my big brothers. They because are my heroes. That, um, because um, mama loved you. Mama didn't love me. I don't like you too. But then, no. What? I think that with them, they saw the difference and they always... I think with them, they saw the difference and they started making sure they take care of me uh, physically and emotionally. They would always care for me, especially my big sisters. My two big sisters I followed too. They cared for me. They, 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 took care, they became the parents. Wow. So, so who did you call mama all this while? Who did you call mama? My grandmother is my mom because she's my foster parent and she's my that legal your parent. Grandmother or your paternal yeah. grandmother. My maternal grandmother. Oh, okay. So let's talk about your mm -hmm. father. You told me that you didn't get a chance to meet your father until you were like a teenager, like 12 or 15? Um, until I was 19. I 19? found my father myself. Yes, I searched for my father until I found him. You, uh, you searched for your father. It's not like he came to look for you. So in this no. case, what parent didn't want you? No, my father was prohibited from seeing me when I was wow. small. And he also didn't know where I was. But he, he knew about me. When I was born, he was there. My aunts from my dad's side were there. They, you know, these baby gifts mm -hmm. and stuff. They played their big role. And then from there, their baby disappeared. Oh, okay. So they didn't know how to contact you. They tried. They knew there is a child in a specific family that belongs to them. So how did you find your father? Um, I have my uncle's daughter. So with us, we don't really say uncle. We say young father or the older father, you know. So my yes. younger dad, um, mm -hmm. daughter, she's a bit of identical to me for some reason. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> she was studying in the same town as I. And how we discovered each other is that uh, she was being told there's a specific uh, Lena that looks like her in another school and I was told oh. there's another Lena that looks exactly like me in another school but when we met oh and mentioned <laughs> our surnames she was like mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's my surname who is your father and when I mentioned my father she's like that's my father he's my father's oh. brother <laughs> oh okay. and when she mentioned her dad I knew her dad so I'm like that's my father my father's younger brother so from there, oh. we became like twin sisters. And she went oh. to tell her father and her father started communicating with me. But the following year, she left with her parents to Canada. Mm -hmm. And her father was uh, working in aviation. And he was uh, kind of an ambassador to Canada in Namibia. I mean, in, I mean to Namibia in Canada. Okay. And he, she never stopped communicating with me while in Canada. We would text each other every week until okay. she, I asked her like, can you please help me find my father? And she mm -hmm. helped me. So okay, she's so like they didn't really, know where really, was either. They didn't know where he was, but they knew the areas. They didn't know specifically his numbers and stuff, but they knew where he was working and so on. So they had kind of an idea. And she connected me with a couple of my older cousins who uh, uh female cousins and they 
are the ones who started telling me like no he's in Springbok in south africa no he's in rio both in namibia you know different places where mm -hmm. they would hear about him like no i don't yeah. think he lives where where now he's where until they found his boss and he was mm -hmm. still working for the same boss and he was oh, over okay. 60. he was over wow. 60. he was almost 70 when i met him oh so you made contact mm. oh yes uh, no, he made contact first. He's the one who approached me that, no, I got your number from one of my uh, nieces. Uh, she told me that uh, she found you and I've been looking for you. So that's the first thing he told me. He said, I've been looking for you. I didn't know oh, how to find you. Pardon? Were you angry? Were you angry at him? Because someone would I be... I was so excited. <laughs> Wait, you were not angry, but excited. No, I was excited i've been praying for me to find my father i wanted to know the man who gave birth to me mm -hmm. i wanted to see him because number one i'm a very lighter child compared to my mom and i wanted to know where did i get the complexion from apart from <laughs> my grandmother being a mixed german you i wanted to know you my father so parents say that again you had questions yeah, I had questions. I had questions and I made sure I had to ask all my questions over the years we stayed together until he passed. So I really had my questions. And when he met me, he went to a mall. He looked for me. I didn't come. He waited until I arrived to come see him. Uh -huh. And I didn't know how he looked like, but he recognized me and he called me wow. by my name. And he uh -huh. immediately just said, because um he just called, quickly said like princess is that you baby oh. dolly is that you uh, he was calling all my names <laughs> he gave me those names um he said he named me specifically dolly with a nurse in the hospital okay and but he says my birth name was never dolly it was jessica I oh. don't know how Jessica was removed and stuff, but I ended up being Dolly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he so said, no, did you I end up moving in with him? Pardon? Did you end up moving in with him? Because no. you were leaving your mother and you were not being treated well, so I wouldn't move in with my father. No, uh, by then, because my whole life I was in boarding school and hostels, so I was not full-time okay. with my mom. I would only meet my mom during holidays or midterm breaks. That's when I will meet my mom. That's when the horror starts. That's when you know, like, oh my gosh. So you never the chance to spend some time with your father. I did spend a lot of my time. So the past um seven, eight, eight, nine years that I stayed, eight years so far, I that I spent with him. Um, I have never been treated like a princess apart from my godparents. Oh. How, how was he like me. as a brother? Pardon? How was he like as a father? He was the most loving human being I've ever met. He was the most caring and extremely overprotective. Oh. He, because he, I was the last born when I met him, because I have another sibling. We are also the same age mate, difference okay. of months and so. And uh, him meeting me brought a lot of healings to his life. And it also brought a lot of healings to myself. So when I met him, I, I that instant connection of a father-daughter relationship just started. Did he ever talk about the things you've been through? Um, I did. I spoke to him a lot about what I've been through with my mom. And he only cried. He cried more than saying because he's an extreme introvert. He's not yeah. extrovert. Because my father and mother are extreme introverts. They okay. are not open like me. And okay. he didn't know what to say. He blamed himself. He, he apologized for it. He he did. He did a lot. And I was telling him, it's not your fault. And um, it's over. I'm done. I'm now out of being with my mom. So she won't do it again. And I just kept on. And, she, uh, and he asked me, can you please forgive her for me? And that was the oh. most important question. Really? which wow. we barely think about for an, a, a, someone to say, can you forgive someone for them? And yeah. uh, that was selfless of him. Mm -hmm. It was so Because your mom hurt him. him too, right? By keeping you away. Yes, yes. 
yes and he also shared his past with my mom which i won't really say and no. um that's where i came to realize that um i need to forgive my mom for me to have mm -hmm. he proper healing so i think that's where my proper healing with my mom started that's where um i started uh looking back that um as much as i got all the beatings and stuff um i had the best people also in my life who supported me who filled up the mother uh, gap in my life who filled up the father's gap in my life so i i had to just get back and say god um i think you kept me alive for a purpose and i would want to fix all these things and just be a normal child like have a normal livelihood also did you ever um tell your mother that you found your father yes i told her and she was excited but i don't know from what and why and she was more <laughs> worried about him than me why was why was she worried i about? don't know i don't know i asked her she wouldn't share <laughs> but she every time she would ask like how is your father doing is he fine is he healthy she was so so caring a personality i have never seen did they ever get a chance to talk or meet again? Uh yeah, they did. They met, they spoke. I don't know what they spoke. I told them not to share with me. Uh, <laughs> I told them to just keep it to themselves and just try to forgive each other and move on and have their own lives separate. That was the best for me. I didn't want them to get back together or anything, no. So not only did you reconcile with your father, but you were able to get your mother to reconcile with your father yes yes uh, that's yes that's the self-love of you because somebody would have carried the pain and the hurt in them and they would use it against their mother but um, actually these things of not growing up with a parent um it's a mm -hmm. lot of uh depression and a lot of stuff that you go through as a child it's a lot of post-trauma depression from childhood especially with me because i'm diagnosed with post-trauma depression and that is because of the beatings, the uh, abandoning and all those things. And even the financial burden in my life from childhood. So those things actually goes a long way because you affect the innocent people that comes your way. For example, a boy that likes you, that boyfriend will just emotionally suffer because you are looking for a certain thing in them that they can't offer that you are even supposed to be getting from your own parents. So yeah. I started the whole healing process for myself and for my future kids, my future husband, uh, I had to start doing something for my life because I said I can't go in a relationship, a permanent one, or get married soon or go fast with stuff without first taking care of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm. um, you said you were in a boarding house. So does it mean that you didn't even get a chance to spend a few weekends with your father? No, when I was studying from, I only, I only found my father once I was, when I was done with my 12th grade, because here we do grade 1 to 12. Mm -hmm. When I was done with my high school, it's when I found my dad when I went to the university. Wow, so um, all your communication was done through the telephone? Yeah, it was done through the telephone only from that age of 19. That's when I found my dad. So you never really but otherwise, I never communicated with him before that. I didn't know how he looked like. No, I, mean, I didn't know who he was. What I meant was, after you met him from 19, did you get the opportunity to spend like a weekend with him? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. Like um, oh. I would always visit him. When I visit him, he would prepare like meals for me. Ah. Uh, I never got a chance to cook for my dad, shame, because he would always want to prepare stuff for me. He would always care for me like a small baby. He was really pampering you. Yeah, he pampered me. <laughs> he would open the car doors for me like a king, you know. He, ah. would, he, he would always pay my cap. If I want to take oh. a cap somewhere where I want to go and come back, he say like, let's go together. And I wouldn't mind. We go together. We go eat out together. <laughs> we would yeah. chill together. It feel special. Yeah. Play some, uh, uh, what is this, uh, selfies together. I would make him dress up and just have some uh, selfie with me. And he would do that. Wow. I became a baby. When I met him, I became very small. He treated yeah. me like a baby. Like literally, he wouldn't allow me to get out of the yard without him escorting me to a cab or escorting me to more his sister's house because his sister's house was like um less than 50 meters away from where he was where he lived 
So okay. he would always take me like a princess. He would hold my arm to cross the road. <laughs> <laughs> until at the age of 27 he would hold my arm to cross the road i'm like daddy he would <laughs> still hold sad. me like a baby for so the good eight okay. years we stayed we came in wow. contact he would hold my arm Ah, uh, that's a protective father so you're fostered by your, uh, grandmother and your grandmother's sister your mother didn't want you and yeah. then you found your father at 19 and then you built yes beautiful memories that you are sharing with us now now yes <laughs> something, yeah. something happened your your daddy suddenly fell sick yes How- um my daddy felt sick in 2017 that's when he started falling sick he started with a skin condition where he couldn't touch water uh-huh. He it started with that if he touched water he will be burning his skin will be burning we went to every hospital and every doctor we could afford because we didn't have medical aids we didn't have proper money at all so we would go to the public care wherever we can get a little help and mm-hmm. um, so he was stopped from bathing that was the first thing they did now so that mm-hmm. he can just stop because when he, his skin burned his heart would palpate like burning up beating out of his chest so he was stopped from bathing from 2017 he had to stop touching water uh it's so saddening to stop someone from taking a shower and Mm -hmm. he would still take a shower and come out of the shower and just cry in his bed until the pain goes away of water touching him and uh we tried getting some help here and there but it was never successful and we didn't get a chance to get proper specialists to look at him. And also, he since he got old uh, and he was now in his 70s, he started having a bad heart, but he always had a heart murmur. Uh, uh-huh. And I think it was developing and developing whereby his blood would not flow proper enough to his ventricles from his atrium. So... Um, with the medications he was getting, he needed more of a surgery than anything, and we couldn't afford that, so we kept on medications. And he started having a heart edema, and uh, that leads to his legs swelling and stuff. And yeah, so he started really deteriorating very fast. How did he that make started... you feel? Because you just met your father, yeah. and you were hoping to have more time with him, and now he's sick, and he has a condition that could be saved through surgery but you couldn't afford it and how did it make you feel i felt helpless i felt extremely helpless and all i could do was just pray for him that's the only thing i could do for him yeah i wished for so much for him to just be helped especially for a surgery or something because i knew if he get a surgery he would have lived uh, more definitely okay so did he ever get a little better from his sickness um he would get just get better for a month and then another problem start and then he get bet, better for a month and then he another problem start and he was really deteriorating very fast especially all his organs and um before he passed that whole year he started having a kidney problem out of the blue mm-hmm. his kidney and lungs started giving up so how did you learn that he was sick um he never share any conversation with anyone that is not me. I okay. I was the only one who knew his whole life, like the back of my hand. He never oh, yeah. share conversation, deep conversation or laugh with people or stuff. He's very, 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 very extremely introvert. He's uh-huh. a corner person just in his own corner, whether there's family gathering, he would sit under a tree alone. And those oh. that know him, always move and go sit where he is and try to just have one, two, three conversations with him. Where did your personality from? (laughs) But I don't know. I think that their recessive genes of extrovert came out strong on me. Like really, the two of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he shared with you that he was sick. Yes, he shared with me and I used to pick up medications with him. I used to pay some of his medication for him because I would uh, sell muffins and cupcakes mm-hmm. and stuff. 
and hot dogs and stuff or do cleanings in the city like domestic work or do hair braiding and just try to come up with enough funds for his medication so i really took care of him from um for a a, a couple of good years i was taking care of him and his pension fee was not even enough to take care of his food his renting or and his medication so um i chipped in and i just he he never wanted me to take care of him shame i think because he was never there in, in my the life and he felt or in he the house felt, even in the house even when he's in sick in the hospital or wherever he never wanted mm-hmm. me to care for him yeah must have been hard for you being in south africa and learning that your father was very sick in namibia it was uh i think the one of the most traumatic event in my life and turning point and that changed so so many things in my life even my academic and so on because when he got sick i had to start sacrificing every savings i had mm-hmm. um he needed an oxygen tank he needed to be in the hospital for because he couldn't breathe on his own anymore Yeah. and they couldn't afford we couldn't afford to put him on dialysis because he had to pay a certain fee which i couldn't even afford all i had to do was and he he became a vegetable shame at the end of the day i had to start buying uh, pampers for him i had to start buying milk for him so he became a baby and uh-huh. it's the most it's the most painful thing when your parent becomes your baby and you are so young and mm-hmm. i'm like i'm not even 30 And, and you just met my your dad. dad and i just met my dad less than 10 years and i'm yeah. now the one taking care of him and he becomes a vegetable and not only does he become a vegetable he's cut a babe i have a little sister who is younger than me with an age gap of how many years more than 20 years and my little sister i think she's now 8 or so and very when young that was getting sick she was 7 and she didn't understand why dad is not a, a coming to take care of her anymore visiting her often and that was so sad for her because when i would visit her she would sometimes ask me like where is papi and i'm like papi is not fine today she would really ask her dad because she knows her dad will show up she knows her dad will bring food she knows her dad will do something you know and she looked for her dad Mhm. And it was uh, not easy to explain what's happening to her but just saying that daddy is not fine. Yeah, so you had to explain it to her. It must have been so mm. hard explaining. Uh, explain yeah, taking care of my dad was not as hard as explaining to my little sister and also knowing soon she's going to lose a father at her tender age. Yes. And how did you balance all this stress with your academics because you had papers um, to write? And at that time I was talking to you and you was I have a paper to write and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um I think at uh, the most big thing that kept me together was my church. Not mm-hmm. that I'm promoting my church or trying to make church look good. No. My church good. took care you. of me. My church took care of me and the connection of people I have not only my church but my church in general globally. because the my the members of my church in London took care of me the members of my church in Mal, um uh, Manila Filipino took yeah. care of me my the members of my church in Namibia took care of me the members uh-huh. of my church in South Africa took care of me emotionally and spiritually they were at the door knocking asking how is it going how are you coping because uh, uh-huh. that's that's what matters the most and even some of the people who became my mentors in my life business partners who started playing mentorship in my life became a part of my life to a point mm-hmm. where they kept on pushing me to just be strong giving me certain okay. example of people who pushed through giving me example of the most successful people today but they had to go through a rough time to come out strong so i think that's what kept me going the motivation having the right people in your life yeah so Were you there when your father finally passed on? Um I was not there but I felt it the moment uh-huh. he passed on while I'm here I felt him passing it just okay. brought a huge cloud in my heart and I knew he just left 
and then I receive a message from home that he just left. So and, you sent you a message. Um, it was just a cousin who I have been communicating with, and yeah. a sister that I have been communicating with from my father's side, and mm -hmm. they both communicated almost at similar times. Like my sister went like dead left. And my, by means of my sister is my my sister, my uncle's child. Because with us, we don't say cousin when it comes to your uncle's child or your aunt's child. Um, yeah. Those are our siblings to us in our tribe. So my sister, that one, called me, I mean, texted me and said, dead left. Um, oh, no, he's, she said, um, it's done. And I and don't know how did you to understand? You. Did you, did you yes. understand? Yes, I understood because of the feeling I felt before she texted me. And also she called me and I didn't pick up. I was in the field, in the garden. And when I got to hear the mess to, to come back and she had to write, unfortunately, because I'm... Oh, you were in up. your garden. Yes, in my beautiful, pretty garden. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you oh. walk back home then? Um, oh. I kept myself to get... No, I was not only in my garden i was traveling on my mother's death day is when i was on in the garden on death day i was in the field with farmers traveling collecting oh. data mom's oh. day is when i was in the garden and it hit me hard in the garden and i ran to my phone on my dad's death day i was in the field collecting data in south africa in the very most south at the south tip of africa i was traveling Yes. And I was no I was not by myself. I was with my Canadian classmate. And okay. he when I received the message I told him and I said like um the connection uh went off. But before we went off, you were um telling us uh where you were when uh you got the news that your father oh, had passed. Yeah. Yes. Um so I was in the field uh traveling collecting uh, mean, uh making connections with certain farmers that i have to go do my project on and mm -hmm. i received the message i told my canadian um uh, friend who is my classmate and i told him like hey my dad just passed and uh, he froze yes i would i, I would freeze too <laughs> he froze because i wouldn't know and... how to control you no, he froze, he be, he got so hurt, and he was looking in my face with the most sad face I have ever seen, and I was just fine. And you were just fine? And I was just... <laughs> he, 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 to rest, he's been in so much pain, and and then I started now consoling him, and telling wait, him about... Wait, wait, you, you just got <laughs> news that your father has, had just died, right? Yes. Yes. Just fine with it. And I was fine. I didn't even get any pinch of head or anything because um number one, he was he became a vegetable. He couldn't yeah. speak. He couldn't he couldn't pee on his own. He couldn't pull on his own. I had to buy nappies, I had to buy milk, I had to make sure he's taken care of like a small baby. I had to buy baby stuff for him. So mm -hmm. with me, he communicated a week before he stopped talking that he really, I should pray for him to pass. And I'm like, if okay, that's so he your wanted will, to die. Yes, like if that's your will, then let it be. You pray to God to, 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 to just uh, free you. And regardless of what I love you, you really took care of me the last days, uh, the last years you came uh, to be with, with me. And you filled up that uh, father gap that I had in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, though really it was built up by my godfather, you also came to make sure that you really played your role in my life. And I know the pain you are going through. You All mm -hmm. your organs are giving up and I wouldn't want you to continue hurting. And I can see there is nothing of you left. I can't even recognize you. Yeah. And you would lift your life. You are, I think you were 65 or 66, 76 or six, 75 and I'm like, you left more than 75 years on earth. Mm -hmm. 70 so years. So you were okay of, with it? Um, I was okay with it because of the condition he was in, the situation he was in, the pain yeah. he was going through, him begging to die, and him saying, please don't hold me. You are holding me because you don't want to let go of me. 
and I need to rest because I can't take the pain further. I, he was more in pain. He so, was like, I can't take it. Can I just die? He pleaded to die. Shame. I think not everyone will come to a point of saying that I, I can't take it anymore, God. And uh, mm -hmm. nobody would recognize him. She, no yeah. one would recognize him. And at the end of the day, we are in COVID. No one would visit or help my aunt who is helping her. And her, my aunt was also is also a whole pensioner. And she's taking care of the brother. And she's not financially fit. They are both not financially fit. So yeah. the sister more than I was. I know definitely for sure. She was broken because she really wanted to be with her brother. And to me, I just thanked God for freeing him from the pain. I thanked God for freeing him from everything he was going through. Wow. You shared with us that you were okay uh, in the beginning when you mm. heard that your father yes. is no more. Was yes. it like that throughout? Or did it ever come to a point where you really felt the pain and started grieving? I, I, it was the most difficult thing to do to, uh, to what to understand. Understanding is the most difficult thing to do because I, I knew what he was going through. That's why I understood and I was fine with it. Mm -hmm. But losing a father or losing a parent, it's the most difficult child to every child in their life. No one mm -hmm. would want to lose their loved one. And it started hitting me knowing that I'm now an orphan. It started hitting me that now I'm left with a baby sister to care for. Uh, it yeah. started hitting me that I just met him. Like, God, it's less than 10 years. I, 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 I have never received so much love. I've never received so much unconditional care. He would sacrifice his last tin of beef for me. He would sacrifice his last loaf of bread for me. And I wouldn't even refuse. I would take them because I really didn't have a thing or so in the hostels. And I would go back with his staff and he would go like, don't worry, the pension, the pension fee will come in a week's time. Mm -hmm. And then I can buy food, you know, we will share. We are sharing, me and you. You know, um, uh -oh. I won't speak for my siblings what they experienced or went through with my dad. But with me, uh, it was the most painful thing. Till today, I still grieve him. It's still painful. It comes to that point when you miss that weekly phone call from Namibia, knowing that my father would call me every week and just say, hey, how are you doing? Papi loves you. You know, knowing your father, yeah. you hearing that voice of saying, Papi loves you, because I would call him Papi. And um, every day as you are waking up also, and when it's Father's Day, Mother's Day, all these events change in your whole life and they bring a lot of tears. You sleep yourself yeah. to bed. You cry yourself to sleep. You wake up yourself with tears. You become, you, 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 depression gets on. The grieving depression gets on. And I denied that I was fine losing my dad. I mean, I was in denial that I'm not fine losing my father. And that took a toll on me. And when my, when mom passed, it mm -hmm. hit me very hard. And recovering was one of the most difficult process in my life yeah you just shared that when your father died you felt like an orphan so um mm. even though you reconciled with your mother and you reconciled your father with your mother um mm -hmm. you still didn't feel any sense of connection towards your mother you still didn't no, see her as didn't. your mother no. you saw your father uh, as the only parent i saw my father as the only main parent apart from mm -hmm. my a nana who is my mom so especially okay. on my paternal side i felt mm -hmm. an orphan because now i lost a parent and i'm left with one parent and it hit me yeah. that i actually lost a mother i mean a father and hearing my nana asking me every time how i'm coping with the death of my father and also mm -hmm. listening to my biological mother how much she was hurt yeah she was extremely hurt she really grieved and uh she couldn't forgive her for a couple uh, for, uh, forgive herself for a couple of months i don't know if she ever did because she now spoke less with me also and um it, it's a process it's painful yeah wow. 
So you lost your father, and then mm-hmm. just over a few months, you lost your grandmother also. Which is my mom. That's my mother. Yeah, and... your granny that you call your mother. So yes. How how uh, many months after you lost your father did you lose your grandmother? It, Sorry, it's your mother. Five months. It's within, within five months. Wow, that's a lot to take in. Yeah, and, it is. Wow. So tell us more about your grandmother. I know she sold uh, her cows to to see you through, <laughs> and yeah, she used her pension uh, money for you and everything. But tell us more yeah. about about her. She's the woman that raised me. She's the woman who put me in school, who mm-hmm. had to sleep next to my bed, whether I'm sick or what. Um, she's my mother. When you have to know what a mother is, because number one, a mother doesn't have to give birth to you to be a mother. And yeah. not everyone who gives birth to a child is a mother. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, my mother, when I have to talk about her, she... She is the woman who is the fighter. She is the woman who had to sleep in the rain or walk in the rain, making sure I have to eat. She is the woman wow. who brought me up, who brought me with values, who brought me with norms, who brought me with certain beliefs and certain things that I had to follow, who made a route or a path for where I am today, and who sacrificed her everything for us because she raised my mom's children. My mom didn't raise any of her kids. My biological mother didn't raise any of her kids. Um, so I always consider um, my mom as a surrogate to my grandmother. So um, you mentioned to me that before your grandmother died, she met you, she contacted you to tell you she was going to die. Yes, she did. Um, the week when she was passing, uh, two days before she passed, we had mm-hmm. a video call. She she asked me, when are you coming? And I'm like, uh-uh, Mama, you know I won't come back anytime soon. We don't have money to come for me to come. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't afford the bus ticket. And the bus ticket is um, 700 rand. It's that cheap. But mm-hmm. uh, to me, it's not cheap because there's zero. And you have to do the COVID test. That's an extra 900 rand, which is closer to 1,000 rand. And yeah. coming back again, I will need another 1,000. That, that's you are accumulating to 3,000 rand, just me on the road. I didn't yet eat. Yeah. I didn't yet sleep. I didn't yet reach to her. And I will have to go and isolate. And I'm like, I just put all those things in place. And she's like, no, I'm asking because I know you will not see me again. Wow. And uh, I asked her, like, Mama, please do, stop doing this to me. You know how, what, how, what I'm going through, losing my dad. Your heart jumped when she said that. My heart went from listening to not hearing. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Like, uh, it was a trauma sentence from her that she just had to hit me with. And I just had to pull myself together. And she prayed for me. She okay. started speaking life in me. She started speaking, mm-hmm. declaring certain things. She started proclaiming certain things in my life. Uh, you are going to be the best mother. You are going to be what? You know, she started uh-huh. speaking things in my life. You're gonna I'm sure you were like, started. Mama, stop, not now, right? I did. I did. <laughs> I begged her. I cried. She was crying. And I knew mm-hmm. she was saying her goodbyes. I was just not ready I was not understanding. I was like, Mama, please, you are still strong. And imagine I'm saying strong to a 90-year-old woman. Yes. And I'm like, Mama, no, you are still fine. And she's like, no. Yesterday I was throwing up and the day before I was not feeling well. And I'm like, but Mama, we have been talking and you feel and look much better now. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to make it through this week. And Just knew it. Uh, she knew it, and she knew what, that she was passing, and at least she asked my little sister, by means of my little sister, is my aunt's daughter, my mom's younger sister's daughter. So to us, as I said, we say siblings. So she asked my little sister, my younger sister, that can you please call your sister, I want to talk to her. My little sister was there, and she also needed some money from grandma for something, and she's like, hey, mm-hmm. um, 
I need a hundred rand from grandma because I need to do some project at school. I need to buy seeds, fertilizers and stuff. And I'm like, okay, let me talk to her for you. And then I spoke to her and grandma said like, no, why didn't you just tell me? I'm like, no, she was just afraid of asking money from you when you are sick. And she's like, no, this money, I will leave it on earth. So she gave her the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's like, no, this money, we will leave it on earth. And she gave her the money and shame. We continued talking and she just said her goodbyes. She prayed for me. And I said, please don't do this to me, I beg you. Please don't, not today, not now. I don't know how I'm going to wake up from this one. I don't know how we'll deal with it. And she said, you better start praying <laughs> for strength because the next time you might see me, you see me in heaven, girl. And that was the most set, straightforward answer to get. And yeah. she just said, um, promise me you will take care of your husband one day regardless of how he looks like. Regardless. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was straight to the core and straightforward. Ah, uh, that's a great sense of yeah. humor. So, uh, to this time, you got a call or a message that she was there. Yes. Your grandfather. Oh, it was a message. It was a message that your granny passed. Um, the no, for my granny passing, she felt sick first, like forty-five minutes before she passed. She was. Mm -hmm. Uh, admitted in a hospital uh, so that was like the following day after we spoke she okay, said so she's not feeling well I want to understand so um, you speak to her today tomorrow she passed uh, I speak to her on a Tuesday on a Wednesday we also still communicate and on a Thursday she passed okay yeah. and then you got a call that she was she was no more no, my little sister said, mom is not feeling well. And I said, please take her to the head doctor. Okay. And um, she also immediately called my brother and said, uh, mama is not feeling well. And my brother said, mommy is not feeling well. And she said that we should tell you she's going. And mm -hmm. I don't know why she's saying going, but we told her, um, I think she means like she's going to the hospital. And I'm like, no, I know what she means. I'll just take her to the to her doctor. And she couldn't breathe. Okay. And she couldn't breathe and she never had any lungs problem. She didn't have mm -hmm. any breathing issues. She was not having any flu, but the only thing she had was vomiting. Mm -hmm. And she go to her doctor. Her doctor immediately transfer her to the hospital from a private uh, practice, just small one. She decided to transfer her to a bigger hospital for admission. She got admitted 45 minutes after admission, she passed. She passed oh. off, uh, uh, so she died of COVID. And not that she died of COVID, she died of respiratory failure. And okay. I demanded for a COVID test that you are having somebody who just died of the respiratory thing and we are in a pandemic. Can you mm -hmm. please test her for COVID? And she was positive COVID. Oh, so she had COVID, but she didn't know, or you guys didn't know that she, she had COVID. She didn't know. She didn't have any signs. She only mm -hmm. had the vomiting and, yeah, because she usually have um, a stomach problem. So she just had her stomach problem and vomiting. And we thought, I think all of us, we thought it's just her usual stomach problem. But yeah. the breathing came in that day the day before she passed and the day she passed. So did you feel like, okay, if COVID was not around, then Granny would still be living? I don't think so. Because okay. uh, <laughs> I think even if she had symptoms of COVID or she ended up, mm -hmm. I mean, even if she had, she was tested COVID positive at the end of the day, I think it was her time. Yeah. She lived long. She had a heart condition. Um, she was one of the most healthy person I have known. She never looked old. She never aged yeah. too much. At her age yeah. of 90, she looked 60. She looked 50-something. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think 90 years is a good age. Even if I never wanted to lose her while I'm this side because I was already going through the loss of my dad, and now mom passed, was one of the most difficult things, losing two parents in a short period. I didn't yeah. know how to handle it. I think with dad, 
is because he was deteriorated. I became financially mm -hmm. unstable. So they take her to the hospital. She's declared dead. My brother calls me and say she's gone. And that was the most painful phone call. Wow. And he video called and he was still at the hospital. And I asked, where's everyone? So I was more worried about my sisters, my two older sisters I followed too. And uh, when, the day before she passed, my younger sister who followed me was mm -hmm. got out of the hospital. And mom okay. died she was the following day. Yeah, she was out of the hospital. Died the following day. Uh, it was the most alarming moment in my life. I knew things are not going to be the same again. Mom is yeah. gone. My right hand is gone. My phone call away is gone. My cry too is gone. My yeah. financial helper is gone. Yeah. So I was left shocked. I was left so, painful. So. It was painful. When, when your father died, you were able to go to the funeral, right? Yes, I was able to go bury my father, during, even though it was during COVID. Pardon? But you couldn't go when your grandmother died? Yeah, when she died, I didn't go because, number one, every saving I ever had, I spent on my dad's sick mm -hmm. season and for his burial. And all that. So, and you couldn't... Uh, Say your last goodbyes. Um, I couldn't. To mom, I think uh, the fact that she, we communicated via the phone and she prepared me of her passing and she said goodbye over the phone. That mm -hmm. was not enough. I think knowing where your person is being laid to rest, seeing their grave or seeing where they are being laid to rest, it's so, 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 uh, I think, connecting or it's so relieving. And I didn't get to experience that. And not burying my mother was one of the most things I never thought I would ever go through. I never thought I would not yeah. be able to bury her. Uh, I won't be attending her funeral. So I think the connection there got lost. And that's when the depression kicked in. Yeah. So... You lost both your mother and father. I should yes. put it that way because for you, your grandmother mm. is your mother. Is my mother. Mm. Did it ever? Did it? Did it change you? Did it change the person that you were before? I would say yes. It changed me, not in a bad way. It changed me in a better way, and it changed a lot of things in my own personal life. Um, yeah. I knew not only. Did I have someone to call mom or dad again? Yeah. I knew that was gone. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that that was gone. The word mom, dad was gone, was out. It's out of the picture. Uh, you would want to pick up a phone. I, I would literally forget that they are dead and I would pick up a phone call and only when I'm like calling mom, I'm like, <laughs> oh my I'm calling yeah. the head. And I started having uh, problems sleeping. I started having problems eating. And I tried forcing myself to be strong. And the one thing that destroyed me was people telling me how strong I was. That I am yeah. strong. I can do it without me going through the process myself. Okay, and so with, mm. you knew earlier, you said that you know yourself to be a woman of steel. But yes. in this moment, you didn't feel strong. I didn't feel strong. I needed strength. I didn't feel strong. I needed strength. I am strong in many ways. But when it comes to losing two parents on a go, was one mm -hmm. of the most weakest season in my life. And shame. Uh, there was no strength. Not even to How open you your mouth strength? and eat. I found strength through looking back that my baby sister needs a role model. My mm -hmm. baby sister needs someone to take care of her. Her financial need will soon start hitting in. People who are taking care of her right now, 
will all, also have their own kids. Mm-hmm. I need to finish what I started. And not only that I looked at it that I have to finish what I started, there are times where I've given up university that I want to go back home. The university said no. Wow. I wrote to them like I'm done, I can't take this. And I didn't have a purpose to leave. I didn't have anything that was driving me to leave. But yet I never stopped serving in church. I never stopped a son. Even the day mom died, I was busy doing sound engineering in church. That Sunday <laughs> after I was busy doing sound engineering in church. And from there wow. on, I never skipped a day out of God's presence. But still, I was really hurt by it. I was like, Daddy, you hurt me. God, you hurt me. I'm still going to serve you. And on the other hand, I was saying, devil, I'm going to show you how much I serve God after this. I'm going to show you. So it was my revenge to the devil, more of even yeah. being So I was like busy battling with the enemy that I'm going to show you that I will come up again. I'm going to show you that I will come out strong again. And I was yeah. hiding in the name of that I can do it again and again and again. I think that's what kept me going and why I always tell myself I'm a very strong woman and I'm made out of steel and yeah yeah I can be shaken but that yeah I can be shaken that doesn't mean that I will remain down I can go down I can fall but that doesn't mean I will remain there so for you it was your faith in God and the responsibilities that you know you had on you uh that uh shaped the strength in you yes wow okay because okay so if I should ask you to advise somebody out there who's going through loss, they're confused, they don't know how to cope, they don't know how to gather strength, what, what mm. would be your advice to them? Never be alone. Oh, you are never not be alone. alone. That's deep. Can you share light on that? Um, it doesn't matter how much you want your space. Mm-hmm. During your space is where the enemy will fit you with every information that you need and that will fill up that head that you are going through. And the enemy will fill you up with the wrong stuff. Um, uh-huh. I, you will become societal without even thinking you will ever reach such a point. Mm-hmm. You, would ne- you would come to a point where you would never want to live again. And it's not because you are doing it, but the enemy is fitting you with a smart solution to your pain. What, if, what would you say to somebody who doesn't believe there is an enemy out there, but it's like the universe or something is fighting against him? Or, but then I would they don't say believe. to that, uh, to such a person, I would say Mother Nature mm-hmm. will do its way but you gotta stand up and keep up because mother nature will continue moving on whether you are hating or not mother nature will continue producing and you don't whether you believe in god or you don't believe in god yourself as a human being never allow yourself to be alone as i said look for someone who've been through it before look for something or for a purpose why you should continue pushing Look for that thing that if this, the person who just died, your loved one, what would they have wanted you to do? Wow. If they were alive, what would they have wanted you to still continue doing? Wow. You are this a legacy. Is... It's like you are an empire. If you're not going to build up on what they left, then the company is dead. If you're not going to stand up and start pushing, then your own company is dead. You are your own empire. You need to build your own business. It's you. You are your own business. With good and bad, you need to wake up, rise up, show up, start over again after a big hit. Okay. So in your case, uh, your grandmother, your mother and your father Mm. came and built their own legacy. And it's now up to you Mm -hmm. to continue it or build one of your own i have to build one of my own they lived their lives unfortunately we can never live for someone else's life and we can and never die for someone else so when you yeah. die you die your own life you're not dying for someone with someone else's life and the um, moment you are left there it's for your because number one no one will wake up 
at the same second with you and start doing everything, replicating you, and you can feel that somebody is doing it for you. If you're not going to stand up and do it, it's not going to yeah. happen. And the mm -hmm. other thing I think I would say is that look for help. Get psychological mm -hmm. help. Get uh, friends help. Get family help. Because mostly when we are hurting, you want to be on your own. But yeah. that's where you fall more. You fall more and you drift away. And that's where most people never recover from their head. They never recover from their grieving. And allow yourself a season of grieving. Don't be fast at grieving. Allow mm -hmm. yourself to cry. Allow yourself to break down. Allow yourself to be vulnerable in that season. Vulnerability creates strength. It creates resistance. You become resistant to those tears. You need to do it over and over again until you are tired. And you will find something else to do. So, um, looking at yourself right now, would you say that you are fully healed or you are still in the process of healing? Um, I would not say I'm healed at all, but I've got the strength to endure the process I'm in. It's a process and I'm having the strength, I'm having the support system behind me and I'm having friends and family behind me, and I've got a good uh, village that is just busy pushing me to go to the next level. I've wow. given up a lot, but my university stood in and said, no, we would rather give you maybe a month to recover because it's too much than allowing you to quit. I've quitted. It's not like I didn't quit. The mm -hmm. most strongest person is the most person who quit the most. You will quit. Yeah and somebody else will remind you of who you are, you will start over again. But do not, uh, do not deny yourself to feel the way you are feeling. Feel it. Wow. It's been uh, such a blessing uh, talking to you today. You've heard, Dolly, do not, do not deny yourself the way you're feeling. You have to feel it. Never allow yourself to be lonely so if anyone wants to reach out to you via social media how do they uh, get in touch um my handle on more i am more of a very private person but definitely i started opening up more to social medias you mm -hmm. will find me at princess dolly u t i double a on instagram and on yeah. facebook thank you so much for being on just a girl made of steel today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're going to come back, right? I, I, I'm your girl. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Guys, this has been uh, Dolly all the way from uh, South Africa. She shared her childhood with us and her process through grieving and, and healing. I'm going to link her IG uh, page uh, in the description. So anybody who wants to keep in touch with her, and have a conversation with her can always reach her. Thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, no matter what you're going through, mm -hmm. do not give up and do not allow yourself to feel lonely. Catch you next time. <laughs>